The walk served as a beautifully double-edged sword in regards to this is what's happened in Scotland and how lucky you are in Canada with the wilderness that you have. On that same breath, though, it's very much under threat. We were walking throughout Canada last year and we were very lucky. We were avoiding flash floods. We were avoiding wildfires. I'm speaking to farmers who are having crop failures and having to sell off their livestock because of it. The summer was so dry, we were having to walk in the evening because of the heat. Even the fact that we managed to finish the walk, we were walking in December in Newfoundland, a place that's renowned for its harsh winters, and we were still walking in a kilt and a t-shirt on some days. So the signs of climate change are right in front of us all the time. I'm Peter McCulley. That's musician Michael Yellowlees. Last year, the kilted Scott walked across Canada with his dog Luna, raising 50,000 pounds for a tree planting charity in Scotland. Michael's back on the road. We'll chat when Today in BC continues. Get fast access to breaking news by signing up now to Black Press Media's free newsletters and stay informed with all the latest news delivered directly to your inbox. You'll have access on any device, so you never have to miss out again on the information you need to know. Kimber Mahal, Michael, thanks for joining us today. Kimber Mahal, lovely to be here. Thanks for having me on. Last year, you walked from Tofino on Vancouver Island to Cape Spear in Newfoundland, which is just south of St. John's. That's about 8,000 kilometers. How many pairs of boots is that? Yeah, we burnt through five pairs of boots on our journey. So yeah, we certainly put in the miles, burnt up the rubber. So you're pushing a handcart with your belongings in it. I guess you're probably trying to keep it light and tight down the highway. How long did it take you to go from Tofino to just outside of St. John's? Me and Luna were on the road in total for nine months and five days out to Newfoundland. So we got there on the 5th of December, 2021. That's a lot of walking. Did you get off the beaten path or did you kind of stay on the main drag, the Trans-Canada Highway-ish? We did a bit of a mix of both. So we followed highways and byways as well, which was great because we got seen by a lot of people and it sort of created a lot of things. But yes, we also followed the uh, what's known as the Great Trail or the Trans-Canada Trail. So we got away from the road at times, which was lovely. Experience some of the wilderness here. That's where you get to meet the people. Absolutely, yes. The focus of your trip was to bring attention to the effects of climate change in Scotland. So why walk in Canada? Climate change is a global issue, so it's, it's doing my part, but it's also being able to give back to the land that I love so much, which is also home for me, which is Scotland. The story of why we came to Canada, it ties into the history of what's happening in, or of what happened in Scotland over the last 200, 300 years, which included the Highland Clearances, where thousands upon thousands of Scots were sort of removed, sometimes burnt from their homes and put onto boats, then sent over to Canada. They were actually sent right around the world, but a vast majority of them came to Canada. So we're kind of tying into that history and tying into the sort of ancestry and trying to encourage these Canadian Scots to give back to their ancestral home in, in that way. So tell us about the effects of climate change as you see it in Scotland. Around the same time that was going on, the forests there were used as the resources to sort of build the British Empire. So a lot of the forests at that point were removed for shipbuilding, etc. There's also loads of other reasons. We had the Industrial Revolution. We also had two world wars. And so over that period of time, the Scottish forests were really ravaged and sadly haven't had an opportunity to recover. I think we're down to about 1% of our natural forests still remaining. I'm sure along the way you were approached by folks who were wanting to helped the cause, you raised over 50,000 pounds, which is $80,000 Canadian. 
I understand you were met with lots of kindness along the way. It is, after all, Canada. I talk about this a lot when telling people back home, but also with other interviews as well. It really was a trip of human kindness. Right from the word go, leaving Tofino March 1st, all the way along, we were treated so well. People were bringing us out food and water onto the road and offering us places to stay. So, yeah, it really helped us along and really couldn't have done it without that support from the Canadians. So thank you very much to everyone listening. Are there a few things that stand out in your mind that you can share with us? Throughout our journey, obviously, I was doing it with my dog, Luna, who's an absolute superstar and, and really helped me along the way as well. But what was lovely is we tried to rest Luna as often as possible when we got the opportunity. And so there were so many people that were desperate to look after her. She'd come a bit of a celebrity. So it was lovely to be able to leave Luna with these beautiful families and she'd get a few days of rest and care with them before joining me again on the road and continuing. So that was really special. She probably ate better than you did. She did. She did. (laughs) Speaking of which, how much would you have lost some weight on this trip? I mean, nine months walking? It definitely changed my physiology, if you like. So I think I gained quite a lot of muscle in my lower body and then lost quite a lot in my upper body. We were both slimmer by the time we finished. But we've had a nice hibernating winter. So we've put a bit of weight back on, a bit of winter weight. You were on the road, as you say, for nine months across Canada. And it's a big country. There's big weather. I'm sure you have a couple of stories to tell us about being caught in some weather. Yeah, we faced all of it. We were caught in snowstorms as we crossed the Rockies, walking over the Paulson Pass and the snows coming in sideways. And It was such a hot summer last year as well, so we did a lot of our walking during the summer in the evenings. Wait till it got a bit cooler and walk into the evening. Wanted to battling the black flies along those roads as well. And people ask about it, we do get sort of caught by weather and big downpours and rain, you're soaking wet. But as a sort of thing of being able to deal with that, it's, there's something about it that's very primal. So when you're actually in that situation and the wind's blowing, the rain's falling down, the snow's coming sideways, it actually becomes exhilarating. Once you kind of surrender to the fact that you're out in it, you have to do this, you can kind of surrender to it, and it actually becomes a very exhilarating experience, being in these storms and being in that weather. I'm not sure if this is a fair question or not, but I would like to know about some of your favourite places in Canada that you stopped in. You've got hugely different landscapes as you travel throughout Canada. So trying to say one's better than the other is very difficult to do. You've got the Rockies of British Columbia that are like amazing to walk through. Passing through Quebec in the fall, the colours there were just spectacular. The one that I think probably stood out for me, and maybe it was the one that I was fearing the most, was Saskatchewan. People, I think, were like, it's dead flat. It's going to be tough going walking. It was actually sensationally beautiful. It was wide open spaces, huge skies and... We had this beautiful experience where we were getting up every morning from a roll mat and baby bag and watching the sunrise in the direction we are walking that day. So we were walking into the sunrise every day and at the end of the day we'd watch the sun go down behind us. Saskatchewan was a lovely surprise and really enjoyed my time there. I spent a little time in Saskatchewan as well and being from the East Coast where you see water every day, one thing that kind of took me by surprise was that as you're walking through the prairies on a day when there's big puffy white clouds, the wheat in the wind looks like the ocean waves. It very much does. You're looking out at all these horizons and you could be out at sea at times when you're walking through there. It's, it is really beautiful. So these places, do they provide fodder for songwriting? Well, absolutely. I think I've got a whole cascade of half-finished songs that I'm going to be working on next winter. So we're going to hold up and do a bit of songwriting. And there's certainly lots of songs to be written. Did the walk across Canada change you in any way? Yes, most definitely. I think you can't really 
do something like that without it having an effect on who you are and how you sort of envision the world. And I feel I've come out of it and I'm more focused about where I'm going now. I was having a conversation just a couple of nights ago with a friend about that sort of mind over matter thing and it opens up a whole world to you that anything is possible you can push yourself a lot further than we realize and i found a very much an inner strength there that's been been lovely to discover you mentioned luna your alaska husky is a superstar we met in banff national park i was very lucky to get a job running sled dogs for the winter and and she was one of the dogs at the kennels and straight away she was a very special dog to me Again, that human kindness aspect, at the end of my time there, they very kindly let me have her, which was beautiful. She came into my life that way. I read somewhere you said she was kind of semi-retired now, just walking across Canada with you. Yes, she is. Yeah, we made a deal. I was speaking with her and saying, "Okay, you've retired from sled dogs. This is you into semi-retirement, getting to walk with me. And now she's fully retired. She's very much a couch dog now, which is lovely. And she's taken to it very well. Now, Luna was lost last year when you were on your trip for about a week. Tell us what happened and how she was returned to you. That was probably one of the lower points of the trip. We actually came off the highway and byway, and the Canadian Trail at that point became a waterways system. So we had about 400, 500 kilometres worth of canoeing and paddling to do. Through that section, we were getting out of the boat, and I had just put her lead back on to get ready for that. And I don't know what happened really, whether she saw something or she got unsettled or spooked by something, but she jumped from the boat and disappeared into the undergrowth. At that point, she really picked her moment because we couldn't have really been more remote if we'd tried. The undergrowth was really thick, so she disappeared. So what we think's happened is she's gone, she's got herself snagged, and in searching for her, we continued searching for that week, and I would have stayed out there for as long as it took. But in the morning of day eight, she came padding back into camp, minus her lead, but almost looking like nothing had happened. She was very casual about the whole affair. I'm sure Luna will appreciate the fact that this time you are retracing your steps across the country, gathering the bits that you are for your future projects by car, a donated vehicle at that. This is the new project for me and Luna this year. On one sort of personal note, it's a lovely way for us to relive the journey of last year and reconnect with all the friends that we've made throughout Canada. So it's very much a personal journey for us to be able to do that. What we're trying to do is raise awareness around what's going on in Canada around climate change and really highlight that cause. So we're going to be trying to raise some money for the Nature Conservancy of Canada. And this is very much a musical project. So we're going to try and collaborate with as many musicians throughout Canada as we can and make as much noise and hopefully bring a lot of attention to this cause. When Today in BC continues, Michael Yellowlees talks about his music and how he hopes to collaborate with Canadian musicians on his trip across Canada. And he gives us a tune. Why spend hours searching dealerships, comparing makes and models? Find the best of BC's inventory in one place, todaysdrive.com. You'll have access to inventory across BC, where you can easily find a vehicle that fits your needs and gets you where you need to go in comfort. Get in the driver's seat. Don't miss out on the many options we have available for you. Powered by Black Press Media, todaysdrive.com connects you with exclusive new and used car deals. Today in BC is a Black Press Media podcast. I'm Peter McCulley. We're chatting with Michael Yellowlees. You are from Dunkeld and Burnham in Scotland, which is probably not that far from St. Andrews. Describe life there for us. Your mum was from Canada, I believe. That's a lovely connection to Canada. So my granny and granddad 
emigrated from Scotland to Canada and my mum and also my uncle David were born out here. They then subsequently emigrated back to Scotland at a young age. But because my mother was born here, I was very fortunate to be allowed to have citizenship here, which has made this whole venture possible for me. Life back in Scotland, I live in a place called Dunkeld and Burnham. I've got to say I'm very lucky to call it home. It's a very beautiful part of the world, differing a lot from other areas in Scotland. A lot of the Highlands of Scotland is very barren and very bare, whereas I'm actually very lucky in Dunkeld as we are surrounded by quite natural forest. So I think that's maybe had an influence on me when I then venture elsewhere in Scotland, sort of seeing the contrast between the two places. But a very beautiful part of the world. So if anyone is visiting Scotland, I highly recommend dropping into Dunkeld and Burnham. What would be the population of the town you're in? Oh, we're a small place. I think we're just about 2,000 people. Is there a main industry? I suppose it would be tourism. There's a lot of people who come to visit Dunkeld. It's a very quaint place to be. And it's a very lovely hub. We've got the Burnham Arts Centre there that has a lot of music playing through it. And locally, we've got a lot of local talent of musicians there as well. Am I the only one who noticed that last year you were wearing a different tartan kilt when you were on the road as of when we're chatting here today? But as well as going through five pairs of boots, we also went through a couple of kilts on the journey as well. The first one I was wearing was a tartan known as the Ancient Pride of Scotland, which again I thought was very apt in regards to telling story, especially with the Highland clearances and the immigrants that came to Canada. But I was in a bit of a bad state by the time we got to Quebec, so it was time for a new one. So we got sent a kilt by a friend and we've been wearing that kilt since then with a lot of pride. Music has been a big part of your journey, and you're working on an album of songs as you go along. You're collaborating with musicians from across the country. How are you going to put all that together? I've met a lot of musicians throughout my travels last time as well. But if anyone's listening and wants to be part of this project and get on board with the cause of fight against climate change, musicians, please reach out to me. It would be lovely to collaborate with you or just to hear your music. So if you'd like a platform to post your material on, please do. Would they do that on your Facebook page? If they're able to send me a message through Facebook that they would like to be involved, I'll give them a sort of layout of of what we'd like, and then we can either collaborate together, get together and play a song together, or if they've got a song that they think would be appropriate, then I'd be very happy to post it on my Facebook platform, which is Michael and Luna, A Rewilding Journey. Does your music have a message? And is there a theme for the album? There's a whole mix of songs. You've got the older ones, sort of the classic love songs and all the rest of it. But really the message for the album is to join the fight, is to stand up. One of the songs we're writing is wake up and start a revolution. I think that's really the message we have to do because this is such an important cause without being too doom and gloom about it. If we continue on the same path just now, we've got about 40 years until the world will become uninhabitable. So we really need to be changing our ways. That would certainly be part of the message that we're sending out there. Let's hear a tune. This is a tune you've written, I've Worn My Boots Thin. I suppose that goes along the lines of that same thing of mind over matter, how far you can go, and this is the cause that we're on, and get out of our way, we've worn our boots thin, and we're still going. I lost my mind out On this road And I lost my mind out and I walk miles and miles and miles in my own head. Yeah, I walk miles and miles and miles in my own head. And I've worn my boots then. 
talk a little bit about your fundraiser last year which was for the trees of life you raised 50,000 pounds which is about $80,000 Canadian for your Scottish charity so what did the folks back home think of that we've had an amazing response back home so that's fantastic and we're also obviously speaking to the charity trees for life and trying to work out projects that we can do around that so I think there's plans in the works for having a Luna forest that will sort of name after the superstar herself I stayed in Canada over the winter very much to do the project that I want to do this year, but very much looking forward to getting home and catching up with everyone as well. So you mentioned this year you're raising money for the Nature Conservancy of Canada. Yes, what was lovely last year was the walk served as a beautifully double-edged sword in regards to this is what's happened in Scotland and on one breath how lucky you are in Canada with the wilderness that you have and part of the reason I came over as well to sort of experience that wilderness on that same breath though it's very much under threat we were walking throughout Canada last year and we were very lucky we were avoiding flash floods we were avoiding wildfires I'm speaking to farmers who are having crop failures and having to sell off their livestock because of it the summer was so dry, we were having to walk in the evening because of the heat. Even the fact that we managed to finish the walk, we were walking in December in Newfoundland, a place that's renowned for its harsh winters. We were still walking in a kilt and a t-shirt on some days. The signs of climate change are right in front of us all the time. To bring a highlight to what's going on here would be lovely. And it's also an opportunity for me to say thank you to Canada for the kindness that I've received whilst being here. Do you have any advice for someone who's thinking about taking on an epic adventure, such as a walk across Canada? If you are thinking of doing that, any budding adventurers out there that's going to take this on, go into it with the reality that it's not going to all be beautiful scenery and amazing experiences. There's a lot of grit involved, I think, to that. Just know that you're going to have to push through some barriers along the way. I'd like to thank Michael Yellowlees for being with us on this edition of Today in BC. If you have suggestions or comments, send us a voice message to podcast at blackpress.ca. You may be part of our podcast mailbag segment. You'll find Today in BC podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, and Google Podcasts. Podcasts.